Hi everyone, I'm Gary Lewis and welcome to the GEO Podcast. And in this episode, I want to talk a little bit about how to start off getting a bit of a rock mineral and fossil collection without going too far away from home. You know, you don't really need to go to famous collecting places and go too far away from where you live to be able to pick up some materials to get your rock mineral fossil collection started. And this is really true if you've got kids and you want to get them started or they have an interest already in collecting. You know, you just don't need to spend a fortune and travel the world to collect materials. You can do some, sometimes right in your own backyard. So what I want to do today is just talk about some places that you can go to collect material and some ideas of how you can store and label those materials to get a collection started. And really these skills of collecting, labeling, storing and even displaying are things that you're going to be able to use pretty well for the rest of your life if you've just started off in the game of starting a collection. So to start with, I want to talk about a pile of different places that you can go. Now, not everybody will have access to places like this, but it might give you some ideas of places that are similar that you can look for in your local area. So one of the great places to start collecting, and it's certainly where I started collecting, was around the coastline or at the local beach. Most beaches have got rocks of some description if they're not actually on the beach itself, they certainly be around the headlands, around the rocky shorelines, and they're fantastic places to start your collection. Now, make sure that you're not in a national park or a state park when you're collecting, because it's actually against the law to collect from those places. But if you're in a place that is open access for you to collect, then beaches and rocky coastlines are fantastic places to pick material up. And sort of along the same vein, Local parks can also be great places to pick material up, especially if it's a park that's associated with a river or a creek where you might have access to the rocks that are in the bottom of the river. Another great place to go collecting is on road cuttings. Now you've got to be really careful with road cuttings because there are cars whizzing past. But most of the time you can find a place where your car can be parked right off the road and there's access where you can walk back to the road cutting and everybody can be safe. Just make sure if you're a mum or dad, keep your eye on the kids that they are not wandering back out onto the dangerous part of the road. But road cuttings are fantastic and maybe not actually the cutting itself, but where they've taken the material from the cutting and dumped it at either end of the cutting can be a great place to collect rocks and minerals. Now in the past I've heard people talk about railroad cuttings in the same way, but you know what, they're just really dangerous. And while most people think, oh well, I'll hear a train coming, you know what, trains coming along railroad tracks, there's normally not very much clearance for people. And I would advise people against using railroad cuttings as a place to collect. Adding to the danger, most railroad cuttings and railroad lines are not public access. Sometimes a little closer to home, your, your own driveway, if it's got loose material, is a great place to collect. You know, I walk my kids, I've got two younger kids, I walk them out to the bus every day for them to catch it to school. And the gravel on our driveway, especially after some rain, you know, it washes and we get new things coming up. We get mica and felspar and quartz on our driveway that's come from a local quarry. And I guess 
knowing where the materials come from it gives you a bit of an idea of the types of things that you might be able to find. The same is true of collecting like in this even in the school playground if gravel has been brought in for pathways you know you can collect some neat things from the material that's brought in for landscaping. This next one is a bit of a strange one but you know what it can be really cool. If you have a local stonemason, either one of the places that makes bench tops for people or even a place that makes gravestones for people, sometimes those places have got bins that they throw their, their scrap material into. Just go in, explain why you want to go through their bins and ask whether it would be okay. And I certainly know that in some places where I lived, where I've needed to go and get some examples of granite and examples of marble and things like that to use in teaching, the local stonemason was a fantastic place for me to go and get a variety of materials all nice sizes because it's sort of off cut so you can sort of break them up with a hammer to make them um, sized um, pieces most normally they can provide you pieces that's like polished on one side and rough on the other which gives you like two different perspectives they're really great places where you can go and collect material just make sure you tell them what you're doing go and ask first don't go and take things unless you've asked the rest of the ones, you know, they're pretty obvious, you know, forest paths or rivers and creek banks. Um, you might even find places where gravel has been dumped from the local town. Um, you know, if, as long as you're not taking trailer loads of material, most people are happy for you to just scrounge through this material to have a look and pick up materials. Um, I certainly think that anywhere that you can look, including in your own backyard, if materials have been brought in, fantastic place to start a collection now are you going to find museum quality specimens in these places probably not but as a way to start off your collection with materials where you have collected it yourself these are all great examples of places that you can go and start so now you've got all the materials what do you do with them and that sort of brings me around to the next thing I want to talk about, and that is labeling and storing your specimens. Now, when I go out into the field, I normally have my backpack, and in my backpack, I normally carry two important things. The first thing is some bags to put materials in, and just the plastic baggies work great. I've also bought some material bags in the past to put specimens in. But having a bag that you can put the material in is really important. And the second thing I always take is a Sharpie or a permanent marker. So I can write on the bag or write on a piece of paper to put into the bag where I collected the piece of material and maybe if I can work out what it is, what I've collected. Now for some people, they don't do that. But for me, it's really important if I go out on a bit of a trip and I walk around and I collect from four different places that I can remember where I've picked the samples up. So writing on the bag, writing on a slip of paper that goes in the bag is really important. And you might find you get home and you've been out collecting four or five different times and you've got bags or more importantly, you collected something two or three or more years ago. And if you've written what it is on the bag or where you collected on the bag or the date on the bag is sort of an important reminder to you of where you've been. The other thing I should mention is I normally carry some toilet paper or newspaper in my backpack as well, because occasionally you pick up specimens and they're a bit 
crumbly or they're a bit delicate you know if you wrap them up in a little bit of toilet paper or even newspaper wrap them up and then place them inside the bag label it in the same way it can protect them from getting broken and crushed if you're putting those samples together back inside your backpack and another cool way I've seen people collect sort of delicate samples is to take an egg carton. If you get one of the cardboard egg cartons with a couple of rubber bands that you can put around it, you can actually put small samples into each of the wells of the egg carton and you can put a slip of paper in with them or actually write on the egg carton itself where you've collected the samples close the egg carton up put the rubber bands around it and that protects those little specimens while they're inside your backpack so now you've gone out you've collected specimens you've got a, a few notes taken where you've collected it maybe the date you know, a bit of an idea if you know what it is you know what is the next step for your collection and what i think the next step is is to go and record somewhere each of the specimens and I number mine so you know if I go out and it's a specimen that I collect today I might actually name it starting with the year 2020 and then give it a number and the next one will be number two and the next one will be number three and so on and I put a paper slip with the specimen that says that if it's a large enough specimen I actually go and get that liquid paper material that correcting fluid I paint a little bit onto the bottom of the specimen in a place where I would not be able to see it so if it was a specimen I wanted to put on display I put that little dab of white material underneath it and I write with a permanent ink on that white material that number now many people then write the numbers down in a book then they can write some notes about where they found it and the date and what they think it is um, i am now using a computer program called airtable it's sort of free up to a point where i can record materials about the specimen that i've collected makes it easier to go back and find those what's nice about using the computer one is that i can actually take a photograph of the specimen and upload the photograph as well so i can flick through the photographs on the computer and see the photographs of each of the specimens i've collected so that program again is called Airtable and Airtable is free up to having a certain number of mineral specimens. It's something in the order of a thousand, which is not a bad way to start off with having your thousand minerals in a system like that. Some people just use a spreadsheet like Excel or you might want to use a Google form, depending whatever your um, thing is you're comfortable with technology wise it's not a bad way to go that said I should tell you that I still have my original mineral collection book from when I was in high school and I started collecting so some of my stuff's on books and some of them's on computer and that's totally fine by me I should point out that other than plastic bags and markers, I normally do carry other pieces of equipment around with me. I normally have a geologic hammer that I can take out into the field, a pair of safety glasses for when I'm using that hammer. 
But really, beyond that, I take very little out with me when I'm collecting. Most of the materials that I collect are sort of hand specimen size, so, you know, like like baseball size or smaller. Um, it's very rare that I need to collect any huge specimens bigger than that. And um, so if I have a hammer, it's mainly just to break something open when I'm there to see what the fresh material looks like on the inside rather than the wetting rotted material on the outside. If you get really serious, some people take buckets and spades and things like that, but really to start, you can get away with just plastic bags, newspaper, toilet paper, and a permanent pen, and you can start. And here's the final thing I want to mention today, which I think is really important. And that is, you know, when we're collecting anything, we need to really think about the reason why we're collecting it. So if you go to a place and you want to collect a specimen or a sample of that place that you can take home and cherish, fantastic. But there's no need to take a five gallon bucket full of it. There's no need to collect 400 specimens from that one place. Because what are you going to do with all those? Are they just going to sit in a box under your bed? There's absolutely no point. So take a specimen and leave the rest for other people to enjoy. Don't be a hoarder. There's no joy in being a hoarder. So when you're collecting, take a specimen, leave other things behind. And in some cases, and this is absolutely true when it comes to fossils, I say to people, don't take anything other than a photograph. Photograph the fossil in place, because most people who try to collect a fossil, especially if it's in the bedrock, all they do is destroy the fossil because they're trying to get it out, they break it up into millions of little pieces. There's no point in that either. Take a photograph, it is totally fine to have a photograph in your collection rather than the specimen itself. Okay, so enough sort of rambling on for me, but this was really to help people who are just starting out or have got kids who are just starting out to give you a bit of an inspiration of things that you need to take with you and places you can go to start collecting material. But as always, if you're looking for information about geology, please go and visit the website geoetc.com. That's G-E-O-E-T-C.com, where you can find information about how to identify minerals, look at their hardness, look at their cleavage, all of those types of information. Plus, if you're a school teacher, there are activities that you can do with your kids in the classroom. And if you're a student who's out there studying geology, there's some more in-depth material about things geologic and geological. But for now, keep on rocking.